According to El Sartain, director of the Rafiki Gallery, is a contemporary Welsh artist based in South Wales. Their artistic practice investigates the relationship between pop culture imagery and the way in which we attach emotion and memory to images and use this to narrate their subjective experiences of hardship. Developing from the visual styles of Dada and early pop art, the combination of found imagery alongside abstract painterly forms allows them to develop their own visual language. Their use of historical imagery is important as it embodies the memories which the artist seeks to portray. Their work is both deeply personal and universal as it charts key moments of their life, a private and enigmatic visual story with which Flood Molyneux invites the viewer to forge their own connection. The process of production often begins with collage, taking physical cutouts of imagery that provokes emotion and memory before recontextualizing them to relate to the artist's own experience. These composed scenes are painted upon with a range of media from oil paint to aerosol. The destruction of the images with the new media is the moment of creation as these painted gestures allow the artist to express the emotions unearthed by the scene and figures. From love and loss to grief and anger, the reflective experience of creation allows Flood Molyneux to channel these emotions into their work in a deeply expressive fashion. These works allow both viewer and artist to muse upon the past as one would when reminiscing to the sound of a nostalgic song, an initially faint memory becomes a vivid recollection. The artwork should be perceived not just as a visual entity, but also as an opportunity for reflection. Caitlin's been mentioned in Fad magazine for their solo show Suspended in Time in London this spring at the Fitzrovia Gallery. They have also been photographed by fellow Hype A guest, Brinley Odu Davis from season three. So without further ado, let's welcome Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Thank you for having me and thank you for interviewing me. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you for being on board. Um, so, yeah, tell us about your work. Tell us how you got into art in general. Let's start from the very beginning. Right, so the very beginning, I was always really creative growing up. My mum was an artist and uh, she was also a staff nurse and she was always making work with me and my brother. And um, I hated school, to be honest. I, it was, yeah, not, I just, you couldn't even get me through the doors half the time. And uh, most of the time I was like, you know, always wanted to do the creative subjects like art and um, different, anything creative. I wanted to do I didn't want to do maths and English um I was always like doodling and doing stuff like that and uh, always mm. drawing and um it came to when I was 16 and my mum was like just go to art college you know I was at a point where I was like I could have stayed in sixth form and uh, she was like no you you're too creative just go to college and you'll thrive there and you'll love it 
And um, yeah, and I started in graphic design and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. And I think that's still like a presence in my work. And then I went on to do a foundation degree and I was, yeah, that's kind of where painting really kicked off for me there. And I was just making everything and anything. And um, yeah, we didn't have a lot of money. So I was making just artwork out of uh, getting spare boards. Nothing mm-hmm. stopped me. I was making canvases out of bed sheets, stuff like that, anything. And um, yeah, and that's when painting was a really big aspect in my life. And I just carried on and carried on painting and have painted a lot of different things. But that abstract tendency has always stayed with me as time's gone on. So um, yeah, more figurative now. And I kind of paint, I used to paint just landscapes and my experiences of being in landscapes. But I found that it was more my emotions and my life was coming through. So I kind of wanted to kind of explore that further. And I started kind of using art as a reflective on my life and things I've gone through. And it was kind of more of a release for me and and a way for me to express myself. I've never been good with writing, stuff like that. Um, So I always say that I can paint something then say it yeah yeah I see what you mean so basically painting is a natural form of expression for you then yeah it always has been I remember being a kid and I'd have loads of paintings around and like I was always painting so I think it's yeah definitely always been a way I've been able to express myself Mm -hmm. and um where did you study so I studied, I started my journey in Pembrokeshire College. So I'm originally from Pembrokeshire. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I moved to Cardiff for uni. So I went to Cardiff Met and that's where I did my uh, degree. Uh, interesting, because I, I couldn't quite detect a Welsh accent. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's a weird one. Pembrokeshire, you don't have an accent down there. It's really weird. Nobody knows yeah. quite where you're from, which in itself is quite interesting, I think. Yeah um and so so you went to Cardiff and you studied there in Wales yeah. in Cardiff and what was that like was did it feel like a big like tr- transition from Pembrokeshire to to Cardiff or did you feel like it was kind of like a natural next step in your life sort of progression yeah I think it was just the next step and I actually did a year in Cardiff and then I moved to Norway for a year and I did Erasmus and I did my second year of my fine art degree um, out there. And that was really a turning point for me. And um, that's where my painting went to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I don't think if I hadn't gone to Norway, I don't think I would be where I am now in my career. Um, wow. It was such a year for me. And um, I met um, artist Dexter Dalwood out there and um he, I was at a point with my painting, I was in a bit of a rut and I was painting landscapes and I, I it wasn't really doing much for me. It wasn't satisfying yeah. me. And um, he just said, you know, just paint what you want to paint. Like, just, you know, go for it. Yeah. And uh, I'd always uh, made collages uh, since I was in graphic design, always making collages. And especially from a young age as well, like making collages. Mm-hmm. And um, they were very separate to my practice. It was kind of like collages were on the side never did anything with them and then I started to kind of combine them together and Mm. I started painting from the collages 
and they were just making this kind of weird paintings that uh, were really interesting in composition. And uh, yeah, I just kind of went from there then and I just thought, right, how can I, you know, these collages are very significant and there's a lot going on in the collages. How can I bring that into painting? And then I just started kind of, that's where things started to build that kind of the mixed media and the sort of mm -hmm. the storytelling came more of a big part then. So, so you say that, so Norway was quite a pivotal like place maybe even that that time that period was a really pivotal moment in your life um did Dexadel would teach you on the Erasmus or did you just meet through through the academic system or through galleries or he was like a guest speaker and um he gave a talk and he um kind of did a crit with everyone individually and um he uh yeah he really liked the painting I did of the like abstractly landscape and um I actually sent that painting home as a surprise from mum because um it was so big and I just kind of I managed to kind of wrap it up and send it it cost me a bomb it cost me half my student loan to get it over um wow. but I just wanted to to surprise it and um oh that's so sweet yeah, he really liked it. And he, you know, he said, you know, there's just, you know, combined all these elements. And I always felt like I was looking back at things that I was doing, like, especially when I was doing my foundation degree and that freeness, that, that carefree attitude that I had, that there was no, you know, public eye looking at my work. It was just mm -hmm. for me. So I kind of always do that with my work. I always look back and think, right, what was so freeing about that and how can I bring that back into this work and I think that's why the abstract elements are always really strong there because that's how I that's kind of my visual language is you know this abstract kind of way um so yeah just combining all these elements I think that's what I'm interested in as well and yeah Norway was a big part of my life it was the first time I'd ever gone abroad like by myself um I was 20 one at the time and um yeah 20 21 I think yeah age 20 I was and um yeah I'd, I'd never yeah it was kind of never been to Norway and I just I'd always wanted to go and when I applied they said you know don't get your hopes up because they haven't accepted people for years and they were like you know this is kind of like you kind of wasting your application sort of thing and um I was like, well, I'm just going to That's try. not very encouraging. Yeah, they, they, they said, like, you know, we're just going to be honest because they're, you know, very particular and stuff. And I, I just, I'd done a year previous. I wasn't in fine art at the time. I was in a course called um, Artist Maker. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, like, making tables and ceramics. And it was great, but, and I really enjoyed it. But it just wasn't me. Like, it was just kind of me going into it thinking, oh, I'm going to be able to, get a job out of this because it's making a product and it wasn't actually I was trying to combine abstract stuff in it and painterly stuff but it just wasn't hitting the mark for me it just wasn't and uh that I switched over to the um switched over to the fine art degree and then I got offered Erasmus and I applied on a whim and I just thought I didn't think I'd get it I just did it I don't know what I was it. thinking I don't, yeah I don't <laughs> think I was even thinking I was just like yeah I'll do it um you know just on a whim and uh, yeah and then that's kind of yeah that was a really big part of my life and 
yeah, I think it was just something, it was really exciting and I was doing little exhibitions out there and showing my work and I didn't, um, yeah, I kind of, I was doing a lot of painting on wood and stuff like that because I couldn't afford like to make canvases because it was so expensive out there. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it was just kind of, it was a bit of a whirlwind. <laughs> And so tell us about tell us about materials because you know you started off like with collaging and 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 then what I do I don't know, you could probably see in the background um in my mm -hmm. studio hi pay listeners just go to my website and you'll see what I'm talking about um I paint on bed sheets and and canvases and I use bed sheets a lot in my work as a kind of with a strong spiritual but also feminist angle in there too um did you sort of <laughs> also like using what you have around you as well this actually really mainly developed the bed sheets thing for my side developed in, in 2020 because I was in bed most of the time um mm. but also like the symbolism behind that but I know that you said that it was really expensive to buy materials and things but do you feel like in hindsight that added context to let's say quote unquote the meaning of your work or is it just that this was just available right there and I just needed to paint I just need to get it out I need to get the expression the emotions out which one was sure, it think, was it both I think it was a mix because I think it was that amplifying that passion I had that I didn't care as long as I was painting um and I think you know even now I, well I paint on canvases and I do think you know why don't I just kind of do what I did before I do paint on wood and stuff like that sometimes but you mm -hmm. know I when it comes to my materials and what I use in my work I'm still like using collage and you know oh. finding anything I can you know if even if I see like a poster in the street and it's got a nice mark on it a bit of graffiti I'll yeah. rip that off anything I can you know I'm kind of like Ooh. a magpie in that sense yeah. where I see something and I'm like, I've got to get it. So, you know, there's those yeah. elements. I think collage is great because there's no limits to collage. You can just mm -hmm. use anything. And I think that's what I like about it. It's so liberating. It's, and it can, it, you know, I find things through the collages that I find relate to me. So it could mm -hmm. be even sometimes a material at a time of my life, you know, it relates to that. So I think I just, for my work now, is it's just I'm finding things that, have a meaning to me so mm -hmm. I guess like you said if, if a bed sheet or something that has a meaning it's going in so <laughs> you know it's, it's it's something it's finding it <laughs> that's funny um and in terms of like the collaging as well do you, where do you so let's just go deeper into this where do you get the materials like where do you actually source them do you go on a hunt going okay today we're going to source the material or do you order it in or do you like strip out from magazines or newspapers or you get them online or from photographs that you capture where do you source it exactly do you know what? it's a combination of all of that like I uh, a lot of it was looking at things that I'd kept for years mm -hmm. and uh, it was only it, I actually found a big collection of collages that I did and there was over like a hundred that I had never shown or anything and I started them when I was in Norway and mm -hmm. um yeah even that that stuff it was just a combination of you know charity shops or uh car boot sales stuff like that anything you know sometimes people would give me things you know like yeah. anything 
you know, I think it's kind of when I look through things, it's got to spark something. I can't just grab it. Mm-hmm. It's got to have a meaning to me. And I guess that's where things come through, where it's like nostalgic. Things remind me of certain things or time, a time in my life. Or sometimes it's words, sometimes it's an imagery, sometimes it's something quite abstract. So it's mm-hmm. it's a mix. I think it's got to, yeah, I kind of find things everywhere, but it's got to have something. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people keep things almost like a, they keep things for a scrapbook. You know, it yeah. could have been like, oh, we went on holiday and it was something, you know, people keep things all the time, mm-hmm. but I just keep things that kind of have a relation to me or an experience that I've had. So it's kind mm-hmm. of, I'm always collecting things and sometimes it'll be, I've got, I've got boxes in my studio of just things that I've kept for years that haven't yeah. been in the painting yet. So it's, it's almost kind of, it's almost hoarding, <laughs> but it's... <laughs> collecting collecting yeah I'll call it collecting because it sounds <laughs> less chaotic um, yeah more organized yeah yeah so organized uh hoarding <laughs> I've got that too um I'll just show you my sketchbook actually um, oh yeah just on the screen this is my current sketchbook oh wow, wow. and it's it's really so high pay listeners the sketchbook is like jam-packed with like photographs and um like pieces of paper this is actually my old Italian grammar book which my dad gave me that he used to use to teach to his students um I've got little you know like things and then some painting and just ideas for actual works of mine um and it's really jam-packed like completely full um but uh, do, do you work in sketchbooks as well? Um, apart from you accessing your box of curiosities, do you um, also have sketchbooks? Yeah, sometimes. It's kind of more uh, filled with collages, really, and then some drawings. But I guess when it comes to sort of starting a painting, it's mainly just kind of me and the canvas and what happens, happens. Yeah, But the yeah. kind of... I guess the sketchbooks kind of came just more of like organizing all these collages because mm. I felt like just packed away that they deserve to kind of be shown in sort of a nicer way than just packed in a you know stacked mm. in a box somewhere. So yeah, I started kind of putting these all in sketchbooks, but I've got artwork everywhere. Like I don't even know half yeah. of it. I've got some of it here at the house, some of it's in the studio. Some yeah. of it's back in Pembrokeshire. It's just yeah. loads. Do you, do you feel, do you ever feel attached to your works at all? Or do you feel like, okay, they're, they're out there in the world now. I've got more to make. Yeah. I've got more Sometimes, to do. Yeah. Like there's certain ones that I feel attached to, especially like the later paintings. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at the moment, if I know they're, you know, they're going to be, often shows stuff like that that's good and it's kind mm-hmm. of I like that I, I don't want them just sitting somewhere um I want them to be you know unless someone's bought one and they've got it in their house and I love that I love it when people send me photos and I just you know people send me messages or I noticed this in this painting that I bought from you and I didn't notice yeah. it when I first got stuff like that but I like if like a gallery or something's got my work and they put it in different shows or you know mm-hmm 
stuff like that I like that I think the work ends up having a life of its own mm. and it's, it's funny because a lot of people ask me oh do I live in London now and uh, it's like no no but my artwork lives in London a lot of it lives in London in random places um but yeah I think I quite like that contrast then of being in the valleys in Wales and yeah. my work's just in random places it's quite it's just it's really liberating it's really nice <laughs> Yeah, I, I can resonate with that myself. I mean, I live in the countryside. My work's all over the world. I totally get it. It's like little elements of me everywhere, sort of scattered, peppered around. Um, let's take a short break. Okay. So um, how do you price your work? Do you have a gallery that represents you, that prices the work for you? And are you comfortable with that pricing? Or um, just tell, tell us a little bit of that, about the business side of being an artist yeah I mean when I first started out I was kind of you know I look back at things and I was very I was underselling myself and I, I you know I think that's a natural thing that happens I, I think nobody's going to take you seriously if you start out and then try price something for like six grand um I do think it's got to be a progression thing I think mm. you've got to I think it's got to be a natural progression. Um, I think yeah. that's the way to do it. Um, and that's the way I've done things. Mm-hmm. And obviously I've been advised by galleries and stuff in the past, which is good and it's helpful. Um, but I do think time has gone on and I'm at a weird point now where I recently exhibited in Christie's. So yes, I have... did. Congratulations, by the way. Amazing. That was only a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Like three yeah. weeks ago. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. So that was a whirlwind. And um, yeah, I'm very grateful to Emma Lang, who created the show and, and has been a massive support of my work. Um, mm-hmm. So who runs a soda marketplace as well. Um, okay. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, I have, I've kind of just naturally increased my pricing as time's gone on and yeah yeah I kind of I didn't and I've you know I always think it's good to chat with people chat with galleries um mm-hmm. because I think otherwise you're not gonna know what what to do and I do think it's always good to like talk to other artists as well and just kind of see what they're kind of doing and you know get yeah. advice just always get advice because you know if you're I didn't, you know, I was starting out from my master's. That's when mm. I kind of really started out. And, yeah, um, that's it, isn't it? It's kind of like a unhidden rule, isn't it, in the art world? Like, if you want to be taken seriously, go do a master's. It, it's weird, isn't it? Like, even if yeah. you're you're getting paid after your BA degree or, in you, or you're working in industry for a while, the industry won't treat you at a certain level unless you've got that master's at least that's also what I found as well would that be true to you do you feel yeah it's a weird one because I did my master's straight after my degree and I did it because I I needed a space to carry on doing the work I was making and um yeah yeah I I think and if anything what I got out of my master's was a space to to paint and just kind of push my um further but it was more like a studio space um yeah. really yeah and uh, yeah I think it's a weird one I think because I I've kind of separated myself now from all of that like I just think I'm an artist now yeah I've been doing it for years and um yeah it's a weird one I I 
kind of tend to forget all the things you do mm, yeah um, but yeah I think it I think you know do a master's you know do you know give yourself a space to keep creating you know why not if you don't want to do a master's that's great you know just you know carry on with what makes you happy you know mm. I think that's the thing. just really it's, it sounds so cliche to like say oh do what makes you happy but it's so true I mean you've just got to kind of think right am I happy now am I happy with the work I'm making am I happy with everything that is going on you know so I think for me my master's was just a space to carry on and it it helped me figure out a lot of things mm-hmm. um but I don't think it's essential I just think it's what's right for that person okay and uh do you feel like you're con- like being considered as an emerging artist still or do you feel like you 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 want to kind of move away from that that title (laughs) emerging artist like do you feel like you've emerged (laughs) yeah I think it's a weird one I think when you come out with your masters and you you are emerging but I think as time goes on you do lots of things and you know you think oh am I still like emerging like what's it's hard all these like barriers sorry It's 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 all these barriers that you think oh what what does this mean you know I I don't like labels yeah Um, I think I'm just an artist so I'm doing all these things I don't want to be put in a box and I've always said that everything in my life I don't want to be put in a box so I think it's one of those things that you know I don't want to be put in a box but I get people like like categorizing things and doing that Mm -hmm. but yeah for me yeah I'm not a fan of it but it's it's just one of those things it's just one of those things that happens but yeah I think um yeah it's it's a hard one that one but I, yeah I think I don't like labels so don't label me <laughs> I think we sort of resonate with the idea that most artists or if you if you're going to be working in the creative industry you're pretty liberal-minded anyway I think that's just a kind of like a thing um but do, do you feel like do you feel like society has mislabeled you or misunderstood you at one point or at some point do you feel like because I mean I know I have as an artist I think some people think well now that I'm really heavily into this thing as a career um I think people are like what what are you doing like why you know, um, or they would mislabel me as an artist, um, like as a black artist, for example, or as an artist that deals with identity, which is not what I consider myself to be. And it's not what I consider myself my work to be about either. Um, Mm. And I've been really upset over it, actually, where I had a really prominent magazine that was published, um, very highbrow magazine that was published and it was an interview just like just like the one we're having now very real very honest conversation and the interviewer had put on the headlines of this magazine like something that I wasn't and I was like this never came up in conversation and I felt so betrayed like so betrayed 
so upset I had to contact the PR people and my gallery at the time and just be like this is not what I'm working myself towards this is not like this could destroy my career this is a completely different angle and it's like I feel like they had an agenda and they wanted to be on this weird bandwagon thing um anyway roundabout question (laughs) do you do you feel like you've had that too yeah do you know what I think we're in a society where people like to label and they like to put things in a box and I'm completely opposite of that like don't put me in a box and don't put my artwork in a box um yeah but years ago I've had a few incidents but I've had it years ago where I had an old tutor saying that my work was masculine and um I was like well what does that mean you know yeah. like it was kind of like what you know and um it was kind of like all these stereotypes and I've had it now like with the boxing motifs in my work you know people being like oh that's very masculine and I say you know well actually can you not put my work in a box like that I I, that's far from who I am as a person the way I present myself um you know who I am I don't want to be put in a box Mm -hmm. and um I think the whole part of being an artist and making artwork is that the freedom behind it and that you can do what you want. So to then change that and then put me in a box is is a no-go for me. And uh, yeah, I think it is hard because you've got to fight harder for, you know, who you are as a person, what you make. And especially because I like to keep my work vague, uh, you mm-hmm. know, tend to kind of and I I don't always want to say you know this is about this is about this but you know I like to kind of say to people you know you have your own connection to the work Mm -hmm. but then yeah sometimes people do try to put you in a box and you know I think it's hard then because especially being a queer artist Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to be restrained to anything and Mm -hmm you know, or people say, oh, this is about this, this is definitely about this, and they kind of put their, you know, people are, they... Projections. Yeah, and they tie you down with that opinion and it's not about that, and something is very personal to you. You know, it, it's kind of, you've got to kind of fight for it. Um, but yeah, I do think it is hard because you do need to fight for what you're about. And especially even being just an artist in general, like is is quite a fight you know I think yeah or people say oh well why don't you paint your lance why don't you paint Pembrokeshire people get that to me all the time why don't you paint Pembrokeshire why uh, don't you why yeah, don't why you mind your own business <laughs> yeah I I get it all the time if I go home mm. people say why don't you paint Pembrokeshire and make postcards oh and I'm my like, god that's uh, like death <laughs> it's like the end yeah. isn't it <laughs> yeah it's like um that sounds lovely, but it's just not what I'm about. And uh, people always say that, you know, it's like, I, oh people always say, why don't you paint this? Why don't you paint that? It's like, I like that you're like getting into it, but it's like, I do me, you do you, I do me. Unless you're commissioning me to make oh something, I don't want to hear about it. You know, like, I, you know, I think really? we should be all able to express ourselves and, you know, if that's through, who we are as people or who we are as artists you know I think it's one of those things but yeah I do think sometimes it's draining when it's that constant fight 
for mm. who you are as a person, you know, or who you are as an artist. I think it, there is similarities there. Yeah. And I do think it's hard, like, especially yeah. with queer people today, the community, mm-hmm. there's so much going on. Literally before I went on holiday, mm-hmm. I had an incident of homophobia at me, um, no. which was, yeah, like, and it's, but it's those things and it's like, I, it's it's not one of those things where you it's like it's bad because you don't want to say I'm used to it, but it's kind yeah. of like oh, I kind of yeah you kind of get you forget almost, but it's all ha- it's still happening and things are happening and you know it's sad because there's That's so a lot sad. Of, I think it's it's sad because there's so much hate that goes on. And then, but it's ignorance though that like that I think the hate comes from complete ignorance and because people don't know or they think that they have permission to go and like project their idea of the ideal world that they think is ideal onto someone else and anything that doesn't fit that box we were talking about earlier <laughs> that ideal is is a threat almost to their psyche yeah, definitely. And I think that's why it's important to speak up. Yeah. You know, I, I think that was the thing I've I've learned, you know, even just through my artwork mm-hmm. or just through me as a person, um, just to always speak up. You know, if you if mm-hmm. something's happening you don't agree with anything. Yeah. You know, to speak up. I think we're in a, a society where people feel like they can't speak up or they've got to they've just gotta deal with, you know, people being ignorant at them. But, you know, mm. you've just got to always fight. And I think that's a, it's things with, you know, artwork and people projecting on you or, you know, you should do this, you should do that. You've just got to stay true to yourself and, you know, yeah. fight for what you believe in, I think. Yeah, agreed. And that's that's a big thing. And it's also like it's there's one way of like saying there's saying it, but also doing it. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I love. So I love artists. I love creatives because we are leaders we because we're standing up for what we believe in but we also do the self-inquiry because particularly well it doesn't matter really if you're a fashion designer if you're uh, an actor or an artist you're most of the time like in your thoughts (laughs) on your own yeah or like developing a character or developing a personality a person if you're an actor for example if you're a writer like you're so you're like constantly investigating and researching and seeing the world and I think that our our feelers are so out there they're so expansive you know and I think we generally do have a lot of compassion for a lot of people because we kind of because we are the marginalized group just in itself you know um but it's also like we are sort of outside of the status quo but then but the interesting thing is like one I've noticed um personally once once we start making money once we start being part of that status quo by earning um we're start of a consume we're, we're part of a consumer society which is interesting but still in our ideals we are outside of the status quo so that's that can be quite difficult to navigate as well can't it yeah definitely when you you enter in the self-employed world and you know it's it's so hard you know even just you know being paid for what you're doing your work because I work as I do workshops Mm -hmm. um alongside sort of making my artwork so I do workshops in hospitals community centers uh, different places and uh, I love that type of work 
and I do you know different things as well like just projects but it's hard because you know we're not in a conventional nine to five so the people who are in those nine to fives they don't you know they're sometimes the people who pay us so they're like oh if you get paid like three weeks later it's not gonna uh, don't matter but it's like we have bills to pay you know we're still trying to survive um so I think it's such a is it's a blurry world as well and it, that mm-hmm. kind of you know pricing work and and mm-hmm. you know, everything value value, value. In itself like how am I valuing myself through my art which is a yeah. big question in itself isn't it yeah exactly and I think there's no shame of you know doing something and saying well am I going to be paid for this and it's such a a weird weird world where because we're you know not conventional nine to five Mm -hmm. you know and I've worked nine to fives to support my work you know and yeah of course I think you know it's there's no harm in you know even working a job and you know still being an artist you're still an artist even if you paint you know you can only paint on the weekends and you know you've got to survive um but I do think it's yeah it's a it's a hard one to kind Mm. of navigate but I think you've got to always you know stand your ground and you know you you've dedicated your life to this so this is how I kind of always think is I've dedicated my years and life to this that you know I deserve to be paid for if I'm running a workshop or doing something and you know because at the end of the day you're providing a service so you know you've got to be you've got to kind of be clear with that I mean I've worked loads of things doing placements and stuff like that you know working you know doing good work for free and you've got there's a point where you've got to think right I can't afford my bills because this is getting ridiculous so you've got to remember that you've got you know you've got bills to pay you've Mm. got to be able to you know eat you know stuff like that you know so I think I've been on the end of the spectrum where I couldn't afford anything and it's it's hard you know and it's draining so I think and a lot of artists can probably relate to that where it's like you're you know I was still shipping out paintings to places and I couldn't afford my rent stuff like that and it was like this is this is just not right you know so I think it's one of those things where you've got to kind of step back and think right I'm doing a lot here you know I need to I need to look after myself before what you know instead of giving out all the time so I think you know just to remember to look after yourself and you know it's a big one know your worth isn't it really so yeah I think know your worth definitely know your worth and know who you are and that I, that's something that I always say as well and also um with my healing clients I, I you know I have a healing business as well um and I'm always like know who you are first before others put a label mm. on you especially if you're not comfortable with that label you know um yeah. like know really who you are and sometimes we have to I call it like face the dragon and slay it. You know, sometimes we have to come across our biggest fear, even on our own self-reflection, our own self-inquiry, you know, like, no, this is, or even like kind of like in a motivational coaching way, it's like, what kind of person do you want to be? Like, how do you see yourself as, you know? Um, So like manifest that greatness, you know, and be that now. Like, how do we do that? How do we untether ourselves from certain societal quote-unquote norms you know like and it, it can be quite difficult like the healing journey is not for the faint-hearted 
because people no, are like yeah. oh healing yeah it's gonna be like woo woo and rainbows and like candy and like sweet and lovely and we're all bouncing off a cloud that's not actual healing healing is like breaking down crying yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, I recently did, uh, an energy clearing <laughs> and that was really good yeah and uh, I was like wow like it really unlocked a lot of things for me and I think yeah I think because even in you know my art is my clearing you know I, that doing my work is how I release a lot of this like toxic energy and things mm. going on um so you know I think that that painting process is the release so I think Agreed. that's why it's you know so vital to me um but also I think it's you know I've done a lot of things where I've I think a lot of artists you know we get burnout we're trying to do too much at once and I did have a oh bit of that yeah I had a bit of that before I went on holiday and I was like right I'm doing too much you know and I remember last year I went on holiday and I was still replying to emails on the beach mm. like it was just too much and I was like this why I was like no you know being self-employed that you don't you kind of kind of put boundaries in for yourself because mm. before I was there like you know replying to emails at 12 o'clock at night and I was like no, oh, no. you know if you have an office job go out the office and you forget yeah and I was that's like, it this is, not, this is not right so I think you know there's as artists we do push ourselves too much we like do, it's creative yeah. people because you're like wow this 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 and you get so excited you've got to kind of remember right set boundaries for yourself remember mm. that you want to watch coronation street or something at half past seven yeah. do you know what i mean like you yeah. know don't because i went through a point where i was just working non-stop mm. like I, every day like as soon as i got up replying to emails painting doing this sorting out admin because there's a lot of admin people oh don't God, realize see you should see my studio right now it's an absolute mess like I've got paper on the floor uh maybe I can show you I don't know if you can see it but I've got paper on the floor and on my desk I've got like like little piles of printed sheets uh and itineraries and it's it's all yeah. a little bit admin-y this week um yeah. no, <laughs> but each day is different so. though isn't it each day is different yeah. but definitely taking breaks I mean what's your day like I mean I know each day is different but what's what's kind of if you have a routine do you have one on a daily it depends because it depends on like what projects I'm working sometimes it'll mm -hmm. be like a Monday morning I'll be in uh, one of the hospitals doing a workshop and then mm -hmm. the next day it'll be another workshop in a different place uh, mm -hmm. or sometimes it's like a day of meetings or mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's you know right I actually need to you know I've got some deadlines with paintings that I need to do so sometimes it'll yeah. be you know a studio day and it'll be a full studio day and then mm -hmm. sometimes it'll be um you know meetings and and sort of email writing stuff like that in mm -hmm. a day but then sometimes I get a little bit of a creative buzz and I want to paint yeah. in the kitchen at like nine o'clock at night and I'm like what am I doing like you know <laughs> I think um, it's kind of yeah. it's yeah it kind of varies because it's like yeah I mean either I'm traveling somewhere for something yeah. like a event or something or mm -hmm. you know it's, it's a real mix but you know it's, it is really exciting like I think you know I definitely I'm so like so happy to be able to do this work you yeah. know and to find Absolutely. the work I think and, and to be able to be asked to do the work as well mm. but I think it's quite interesting in terms of um let's say the context of feminist theory this is mm. something I've been researching recently is that like feminist theory involves a lot of I'm grateful that I'm getting paid mentality where it's like 
<laughs> no, <laughs> I shouldn't be thinking this way. Like, it's weird. Like, what it? is this? You know, no, I yeah. should get paid because I have, as you say, um, a product and I'm here of being of service. And, but it's so interesting how it's kind of ingrained in society. Um, yeah. You know, particularly for women identifying individuals who are just like, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for being paid. You know, it's like, that's not. Yeah. It's a weird one. how it should be. No, definitely. I think that's because sometimes I'm like, I'm so grateful. And I think a lot of that is... I mean, like... gra- gratitude is one thing in general. Like, of course, like, we're artists. It is amazing and it is an amazing thing. But, but like... Doing a service <laughs> and, and having a product and you're like, I'm so grateful that, like, someone's doing that. Like, yeah, I get... It's a weird one because, I mean, I think because I come from a working class family and you know growing up I remember like you know having not much money and and like stuff like that and I think a few years ago I I didn't have a lot of money and Mm. I was struggling and I think now it's like it's like a mix between like oh do you know I'm so grateful like because like I'm doing what I love getting paid for it and it's like it's almost like a relief thing where it's like oh phew like you know and it's it's a hard one because you're tri- you're constantly chasing that relief all the time because you're Agreed. thinking you know and it's it's a weird one it's like it's like a catch twenty two because we love what we do and mm. but then also it's kind of like but you're constantly chasing mm. because you need your bills paid mm-hmm. so it's like a weird one because it's like almost like you you know it's like do what you love mm-hmm. but suffer the kind of mm-hmm you know sleepless nights and you know it's it's a weird one I think you know I've done a lot of things where I had a conversation with my wife and she was saying you know mm-hmm. you know you've done all the nine to fives and you weren't happy you were constantly yeah. saying I don't have time to paint and all this stuff and you know she said you know you've got to kind of you know you've got to kind of still chase what you're doing you know and I think there's nothing wrong with you know, working a nine to five and then painting when you can, or, you mm-hmm. know, even just being able to paint like once a year, like stuff mm-hmm. like you're still an artist, even if you, you know, don't sell out a collection as soon as you put it up, stuff like that. I think we put pressure on ourselves, but we need to sit back sometimes and realize, wow, you know, let's just kind of one thing at a time you know I think that's because I used to be in a whirlwind constantly thinking right I've got this I've got this and I've got to do this and everything and it was just so stressful like you can't live like that you know it any human being can't live like that like stress constantly and you know and then you can't it takes away from the work then because you're stressed and you think why am I stressing about making a painting and stuff like that and it's like that's why I think I at the moment I'm taking like a kind of a break from my own work and Mm. just because I'm I'm still like running workshops and stuff but I haven't made any paintings because I'm saving I'm recently doing a collab with Lynette Reed Mm -hmm. and we're working on uh, who I went out into Italy with she uh, was running a residency out there so she invited me out there to teach um, which was amazing and we've been friends and yeah we've been friends for well over a year now and uh, we met at the other art fair and um, we just clicked straight away and we're working on a collaboration at the moment so I'm kind of saving all my kind of energy for that at the moment and 
yeah. usually it's, I kind of get an itch and I'm like right I want to go paint but I'm kind of saving that because I want to kind yeah. of see what happens and it's been a weird one because I'm constantly always painting or doing stuff so at the moment now I'm kind of like right what happens if I don't paint mm. what's this book gonna look like so we're it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be amazing I do I do the same thing by the way like I take a, oh, yeah. I take a month away I'm just like oh and then I get like the oh I really need to paint and then I just something happens you know and it's yeah. so exciting you know I've, I've recently come through this amazing breakthrough in my work recently and it's been like you, I'm sure you understand what it's like it's like the most yeah. amazing thing something that you you struck like do you ever feel like you struggle with the work sometimes and it's like ah oh, I've got to like unstretch it I gotta throw it away I don't want to look at it right now you're having this weird argument with <laughs> yeah 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 honestly like I before I did my solo show in London mm-hmm. I was in a weird point where I was like right I, there's work I want to make but I don't I can't figure it out yet and um yeah and then I had a breakthrough and it was like yeah this is what I want to do and I just couldn't stop and it was like I was still making work because I just couldn't stop Yes. And it's quite fun when you get stages like that where you're like, right, I'm I would go to the studio in the morning, leave when it's shut, and then I'd come home and have a little break, and then I would still be itching to paint. So I would I, I've got little things like set up here as well that I kind of yeah if because I get little creative buzz like late at night and I'm like right, I want to draw I want to do this. We're, by the way, hyper listeners, we're still talking about painting. It's not anything. Like, you know, it's not a weird addiction or anything like that. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. But we are obsessive over, we're obsessive. Yeah. So yeah, so you have a setup at home too, in case you get that drive yeah. to, to paint. Yeah. And I think it's been a weird one because I have been so busy recently, but it's, I still kind of been like, oh, I want to paint. It's, it's, when I came back from Italy from teaching, I wanted to carry on painting. And I was like, no, right stop like that's I kind of had to say to myself stop because I want to kind of save everything for this collaboration I'm doing and um yeah it's been a weird one where it's kind of like oh like I my brain doesn't like it because I want to paint but I'm saying no so it's like this weird one but you kind of as a I I don't know other artists they might be thinking I don't know what you're on about but for me it's like it all it is this like addiction it is this yeah you know, it's you're constantly chasing this feeling that you have when well, especially what I have when I paint yeah. like this you know I completely switch off I'm in the zone I listen to the music and you know time goes by and, and you realize then you've been painting for like six hours or something and like you've made six paintings or something like that and it's it's a weird mm. one like it's a it's a it's an a experience you can't sum up into words I think and I, think I agree that's you know it's it's it feels like kind of unnatural because it's such an mm. urge and and for me you know I I, I see uh the the creativity I was talking about spirituality for a sec we mm. you know we have like portals within our physical body right and we have this portal this chakra they call it chakras um and one of them is is in the stomach area and it's like a yellow orangey and that's actually where our confidence comes out of and also our creativity but below that is the, is red and it's the root chakra. So it's obviously home and sex and blood and survival. So you've got these two chakras going, ah, <laughs> like these urges, you know, and it, and it is, it's a creative urge. It's the urge of creation, making, yeah. you know, giving yeah. birth to something, you know, and it's, yeah. and unless you, unless, you know, it, 
I, I think I think creators on the, we get it I get it I get what you're saying and yeah. I know that a lot of the high paid yeah. listeners do too so yeah that's good because I think I just I just love making and that's the thing I think with my work I love trying new things and mm. I do different things like screen printing and um any type of printing I just love making work so anything that I can try and do with my work I'll try and combine it and see if how it works and you know mm. I think um yeah especially there's no limitation to collage or painting so I think absolutely I, I used to paint more just abstract stuff and I think when I did that switch some people were like what's going on and I think as yeah. an artist you've got to keep moving forward and not stay safe yeah. you know I think that's absolutely absolutely that's a big one yeah and it's it's quite scary at times as well because I, I think for me I, I think the high pay listeners are probably bored to tears about me saying this the same thing over and over again but it's like it's this thing of the industry knew me as a certain artist like visually and I I detached I had deleted my Instagram account completely because it was just it was overwhelming me it was too much and I felt boxed in I felt you talked about it earlier. I felt really boxed in. I felt really limited. And so creating this new body of work, which I'm going to be releasing to the world some point soon for a solo show soon, fingers crossed, um, is, uh, is about this kind of new form of identity and also changing my name has been a complete identity shift, you know, like being me more so being authentic me, you know, and, you know, it's, it's just like it's been such a spiritual journey honestly it's been such a shift and a change and people still want to call, call me by my old name and it's like that's not who I am that's not what I identify as you know and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and they see oh my work is kind of flat and it's like no it's not it's actually sort of semi-structural and I actually really love doing installations I haven't done installations in a while but there is that strong element now within my work and I feel so much more whole and it's I've cried over it because it's been like oh my god I've actually I'm actually really coming back to myself now like really my truest essence and it can take a long time it can take a long time I mean what kind of what what sort of tips would you give an artist or an artist starting out if you can give three tips and tricks what would they be Caitlin um so I would not be scared to change things up number one because that you know don't put yourself in a box um you know change it up if you want to paint you know if you were painting I don't know figurative realism paintings and then one day you wanted to paint abstract go for it there's no rules you know mm-hmm. I think that's the thing we, you know I did that where I always say I don't want to put in a box and then I ended up kind of putting myself in a box and I was like oh no I don't want to do that um so yeah don't put yourself in a box in your style you know just play around with what Mm. you want to do that's the whole point of art you know all all the great artists have you know done sculpture and then painting or something like that you know they change it up so just go for it uh number two I would you know I would let me think don't be I had a good one. Let me think. It is really difficult. I think these questions. I think. I think. Um. Okay. Don't be uh, disheartened if you don't get into shows, and you know, keep on pushing forward. Um. You know, 
don't you know I think with artists you kind of got to build up a resilience mm. and you know just carry on if you don't get into this open pool apply next year and you might get mm. in I've had that where I applied when I was younger and then those same organizations ask me to be in those shows you know so mm. don't you know nothing's off limits um definitely and you know just keep going and I would not care what other people think just yeah I think you know life is what it is but people we get bogged down too much on what people think and you know I always think I don't care I used to think I don't really care what people think of my work you know if you know when they say you know negative things or stuff like that it doesn't affect me Mm -hmm. um you know I'm just happy that you're looking at it I guess you know I don't really I don't really mind what people say about the work um you know and I think then I started to shift that into myself and thought well I don't well maybe I should just adopt that thinking and uh you know I cut my hair and started being who I wanted to be stuff like that I used to have really long hair like yeah so yeah really long longer than mine I think it's like way down yeah 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 Yeah. and um that was kind of like my protective blanket and I'd always been like androgynous and Mm -hmm. even from a young age my mum was the one who like introduced me into it because I was always like stealing my brother's shirts stuff like that and I was like you know I didn't want to wear dresses I wanted to wear baseball jackets and stuff like that and and uh you know Nike trainers I didn't want to wear heels I wanted to wear Nikes you know so it's like stuff like that and I think you know and then I thought right I, I don't care what other people think especially mm. coming from Pembrokeshire it's very like yeah. you know small-minded thinking and you know I it was kind of a weird kind of place but I was always pr- surrounded by people who were open-minded and cool about you know queer people or anything um but I think it's one of those things where my wife comes from Bristol and she oh, was always cool. you know she wouldn't you know she was surrounded by loads of people who were just like they didn't bat an eyelid about anything yeah Bristol's amazing it is and uh, she's trying to convince us to move there yeah I can definitely see you there for sure yeah so maybe it's a sign I don't know but um, well let me know and I'll come visit if that's all right (laughs) um but who who would be your who'd be your three inspirations do you think if you had if you had three so Gillian Ayres, so she was just like an abstract painter, did like collage, like some mixed media stuff. And I just, she was like the first kind of like one of the abstract artists I was introduced to. My mum showed me a book of hers, she had it. And um, yeah, just her attitude towards painting. Like I remember my mum showing me like a documentary of her work and she had like a cigarette and she was in her 80s and she was just like, oh yeah, like swearing, like I just want to paint what I want to paint. And it was like that attitude, like, yeah, do you know what? Just paint what you want to paint, you know? Like that attitude is really like freeing. So I think, yeah, definitely here. And so Peter Lanyon, so Mm -hmm. his work, it's like he was painting from aerial views and I did that for a very long time but mm. you know that abstract inspired by I think I'm inspired by like little aspects of people um yeah. you know the abstract the gestures in his work the mark making that stuff is very prominent still mark making mm-hmm. in my work so just the way you know he uses color even though the context is I used to do like um I was inspired by him doing aerial views so I did aerial views of cityscapes and stuff like that but mm-hmm. that kind of the visual language 
I was inspired by his work and um yeah and then going on to Robert Rauschenberg I mm-hmm. think because of the collage the screen print and the mixing of imagery that kind yeah. of you know the freeing element of just combining all these different elements together I think is you know always really inspired me and kind of you know right go go for it so I think all these kind mm-hmm. of these all these people kind of you know all, all little aspects of them have inspired me you know so I think I remember I always my mum always had like big art books around and stuff like that and you know inspired by her work and her use of color stuff like that and I was always looking through art books you know like I was just always looking through stuff so I think you know I loved looking at paintings and collage and stuff like that so it was always you know always this like visual stuff going on especially from a young age it it really is like made me into who I am as an artist today to be honest that's incredible and it's so good to sounds like you've had a really supportive mum as well um and then lastly because we're short of time but what would be your word of wisdom do you think or words of wisdom on the whole I would just keep going and you know do what makes you happy you know with your work um you know remember why you're doing it and just you know look at look at what you have done and what you want to do I think you know as time's gone on I think you know I never thought I'd be even able to be an artist um you know I'd looking back when I was doing my degree and all I never thought I would you know it's kind of I always dreamt of these little things and I didn't want to kind of put them out there I just kind of kept them secret like you know I'd love to do a, a solo show and I'd love to do this and I think it's always good just to be like you know if you put your mind to it you can do it and just to keep keep going and just remember why you're doing it hmm. absolutely and Caitlin, thank you so much for being a wonderful example of that as well. And um, for shining and being your truest true and opening the way for many others as well to be themselves too. And thank you for being here on High Pay as well. Oh, thank you so much for asking me to be a part of this. And I've had a great chat with you. So honestly, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, High Pay listeners, for tuning into this episode. We do hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure to tune in next Thursday with another inspirational guest. And for now, ciao for now.